This is Holden Karnofsky doing an amateur read-through of my blog post, Did Life Get Better During the Pre-Industrial Era? Eh. And eh is part of the title, kind of saying the answer is sort of, maybe, maybe not. All right, here's the post. For the last 200 years or so, life has been getting better for the average human in the world. And I have a link. But for the 10,000 years before that, it's not the same story. The vast majority of the data we have that could help us understand trends in quality of life only goes back to 1800 or so. The little data we do have on the period before that mostly implies that incomes and technological capabilities were increasing slowly by today's standards, while health, nutrition, human rights, and other drivers of quality of life were not necessarily on an upward trend at all. My guess is that quality of life declined noticeably with the rise of agriculture, starting at about 10,000 BC, leading to likely increases in the number of people who had to live under intense hierarchy and even slavery. Following big increases in quality of life since the Industrial Revolution, I think things are now better than they've ever been, including compared to the pre-agriculture days. But beyond these points, I think we know very little. It's easy for me to imagine changing my mind pretty quickly and dramatically here. If I became more confident in prehistoric life expectancy estimates, which are very low, I might conclude that health was improving significantly if slowly throughout just about all of history. And that could be enough to bring my views into line with the simple story that there's been a consistent upward trend in quality of life. And if I had that sort of view, I might have a stronger default, as I used to, of expecting further advances in wealth, science, and technology to keep making life better. Another key question is whether pre-agriculture humans were usually like nomadic foragers or whether sedentary societies were quite common. Right now, I'm tentatively presuming that they're closer to nomadic foragers, but if the other thing were true, that would mean the very distant past is worse than I thought, and that would be another point in favor of the simple story that things have been improving the whole time. On the other hand, it's easy to imagine new data, such as unhappiness, changing my current guess that hunter-gatherer quality of life was worse than today's. In this case, I could end up thinking that scientific and technological advancement have been net negative overall. Finally, the estimates I found of the numbers of people enslaved at different points in time seems very rough with a lot of variance. More broadly, my impression is that prior to the last few hundred years, changes in institutionalized discrimination, such as against women, specific ethnic groups, have been somewhat chaotic. Having better data on these could lead to very different and more chaotic pictures of trends in quality of life for the average person. In this post, I will focus on the period between about 10,000 BC, when agriculture began, and about 1800, when the Industrial Revolution led to rapid and clear improvements discussed in a previous piece. This period is the only one I haven't covered so far in the Has Life Gotten Better series, and this is the final piece in that series. And then I have a chart just showing how this piece fits into the whole series. I've previously written about the pre-agriculture, hunter-gatherer, forager era that was before 10,000 BC. I've previously written about the post-industrial era when life was getting better. And now I'm in the middle, in between. I will split this long stretch of time, about 10,000 years, into three periods. First, the transition from a world of probably mostly nomadic humans, meaning never settling very long in one place, to mostly sedentary humans living indefinitely in one place. I will argue that this change, which accompanied the Neolithic Revolution, made quality of life worse for the average person. 
Second, the long period, thousands of years, between the Neolithic Revolution and the time when we start to have some meaningful records and statistics, which started in Europe around 1300. I'll call this the mystery period. And finally, the period between 1300 to 1800, the immediate pre-industrial period. Next section, Neolithic Revolution. The Neolithic Revolution refers to when agriculture started drastically changing lifestyles and leading to what we tend to think of as civilization around 10,000 BC. Agriculture roughly means living off of domesticated plants and livestock, allowing a large population to live in one area indefinitely, rather than needing to move as it runs low on resources. I think we have some good reasons to think that this transition made life worse for the average person. As discussed previously, the literature on foraging societies, often studied to figure out what pre-agriculture life was like, tends to emphasize the distinction between two basic types of foraging societies, though this is a simplification, which I elaborate on in a footnote. One type of society tends to be egalitarian in the sense of having relatively little formal hierarchy. We shouldn't overstate how egalitarian these societies actually are, as discussed previously. In particular, they appear to have bad gender relations. It is often claimed, though I haven't seen it systematically supported, that these societies are usually nomadic. That means they're periodically moving in order to get to an area with more resources. Another type of society tends to be noticeably more non-egalitarian, with formal status and authority distinctions, prestige displays, and sometimes even slavery. This type of society seems to be associated with being sedentary rather than nomadic, meaning people stay in one area indefinitely. One rough intuition I've seen to explain the connection is that it's hard to accumulate wealth in a society that periodically relocates and that lacks currency. I've also seen a number of other explanations that I cover in a footnote. Below, I'll give some reasons to believe that first, the sedentary-slash-non-egalitarian structure probably became a lot more common after the Neolithic Revolution with agriculture. Second, the sedentary-slash-non-egalitarian type of society seems to add some big negatives for the average person's quality of life, without immediately compensating positives. Next section. The shift from egalitarian-slash-nomadic to non-egalitarian-slash-sedentary societies. In the book Hunter-Gatherer and Human Evolution, or maybe that's an essay, Richard B. Lee states, Historically nomadic foragers, small in scale, mobile, and egalitarian, reflect most closely the characteristics of ancient foragers. This is a view that many seem to hold, and it's echoed in Lifeways. The implication here is that if you go back far enough, all or nearly all people were nomadic slash egalitarian. I've also seen this view disputed by the book Better Angels of Our Nature, as well as one of its key sources. I have quotes in a footnote. I interpret these sources as guessing something closer to about half of people in the distant past were nomadic slash egalitarian. I have not been able to find systematic examinations of what percentage of people were egalitarian slash nomadic versus non-egalitarian slash sedentary in the distant past, and I mostly don't expect to since it seems hard to determine from archaeology. But my best guess from the above is that it was something in the range of 50 to 100 percent of people before agriculture. And I think it must have changed either following or sometime before the Neolithic Revolution, which is when agriculture, which allows people to make far more food far more sustainably in a single location, started spreading across the world. I'd guess that essentially all agriculture-based societies in pre-modern times 
had characteristics more like the sedentary non-egalitarian societies. Footnote there. Furthermore, agriculture is generally believed to engender much faster population growth, and population estimates accelerated greatly following the Neolithic Revolution. So what that means is that, for purposes of my oversimplified chart of has life gotten better, I've assumed that 75% of the population was nomadic slash egalitarian before 10,000 BC. This is the midpoint of the 50 to 100% range I gave. And I've assumed that all net population growth after the agricultural revolution came from agricultural societies. That's sufficient to imply a population rapidly going from mostly egalitarian to mostly non-egalitarian around that time. Next section. Pros and cons of this transition. As discussed previously, it's hard to make definitive statements about nomadic versus sedentary societies or agricultural versus non-agricultural societies because, from what I've seen, they are not clearly and systematically distinguished in studies on life expectancy, violence, and other things relevant to quality of life. So here I am largely going off of impressions from reading the literature, particularly the debates on violence, which I covered in a previous post, where people tend to imply that nomadic-slash-egalitarian societies are less violent than sedentary-slash-non-egalitarian ones, and the book Lifeways of Hunter-Gatherers, which has a lot of systematic analysis and nuanced discussions throughout, making me generally put a fair amount of weight on its claims. From what I can tell, the claims I'm about to make would be shared by most scholars in the relevant field, though I'm certainly not confident of this and would love to be corrected by any readers who know the field well. So, pros and cons of the transition to agriculture. Cons. The main things that jump out at me are Sedentary, including agricultural societies, have formal hierarchy in the sense of having one leader who has inordinate power over others. Slavery. The only mentions I've seen of slavery among foraging societies all refer to non-egalitarian slash sedentary societies, particularly the northwest coast of North America. Slavery seems to have been present in most early agriculture-based states such as ancient Egypt. Violence. It's hard to say for sure, but it seems to me that violent death rates are quite a bit higher among non-egalitarian slash sedentary societies than nomadic slash egalitarian societies perhaps about double as discussed in my previous post that I linked to. And so what about the pros of this transition? The good side, I have not been able to identify any clear ways in which this transition had much immediate benefit for the average person, although it does seem to have led to a lot more people. In particular, infant mortality, that's deaths before the age of one, and child mortality, deaths before the age of 15, seems similar for pre-agriculture societies and more recent societies, though rates for both are extremely high by modern standards. So that implies no improvement over that time. I previously discussed height as a proxy for hunger and gave figures implying 1.6 to 1.68 meters, 5.3 to 5.6, as the pre-agriculture average male height. If you compare that with later height estimates from European males, Basically, I, I give some numbers, but it looks like the transition to agriculture did not really bring a benefit on this front. And then I link to a paper claiming that today's forager societies have very similar life expectancies to the earliest life expectancies we have on record for 18th century Sweden, which is about 35 years. The paper also cites archaeological studies estimating much lower prehistoric life expectancies closer to 20 years, but argues that these could be unreliable and that their figures should perhaps be adjusted to be closer to the figures from today's hunter-gatherer societies. 
Additionally, my attempt to find life expectancy estimates from some time in between the Neolithic Revolution and the 18th century largely came up empty. In particular, I found a number of papers arguing that we can say very little about life expectancy in ancient Rome beyond perhaps bounding it between 20 and 30 years. So the bottom line of all this is that I'd guess that sometime around or before the Neolithic Revolution, we went from most people living in egalitarian-slash-nomadic societies to most people living in non-egalitarian societies with some notable disadvantages and no clear advantages. Next section, Mystery Period, Between the Rise of Agriculture and the 1300-1800 period. Previously, I noted that nearly all of the data we have seems to be either about the extremely early humans, pre-agriculture or at least pre-state, or about the relatively recent past, 1300 and later. I made this note about violent death rates, but it seems to apply more broadly. My rough understanding of why this is. First, to make guesses about the distant past, we can look at currently existing societies that seem to have never modernized in the sense of adopting agriculture or becoming part of large-scale states. We can also look at archaeological remains. And then starting in around 1300, we start to have, at least in a small number of European countries, systematic written records of things like court cases that make it possible to estimate homicide rates. But for the in-between period, we have neither. It's not actually clear to me why archaeological remains can't be used for the in-between period, but in practice, it's been easier to find papers drawing conclusions from archaeological remains for a very, very long time ago versus this mystery in-between period. Some of the few observations I have been able to make about this mystery period. First, infant and child mortality look pretty flat, starting around 400 BC. Here's a chart from Our World in Data, and it just supports what I just said. It just doesn't look like much happened to infant and child mortality in between 400 BC and around 1800. And around 1800, uh, it starts to fall a lot. Next, height looks flat in Europe, starting around the year zero. Again, I have a chart from Our World and Data. Height goes up and down. doesn't really have a clear trend until, again, around 1800. Then it goes up. Next, life expectancy trends are unclear, as noted in the previous section. In particular, see the part about ancient Rome. Next, trends in violent death rates are unclear. And again, we lack evidence that there was improvement before the 1300 to 1800 period. I covered that in an earlier post. My qualitative history summary, which is a previous post, does not reveal any clear trends in quality of life. In particular, there's no clear pattern of rising or falling slavery, institutionalized discrimination, or gender equality. Empowerment and material incomes do seem to have risen sometime between the Neolithic Revolution, that's the rise of agriculture, and about the year zero, but they didn't rise further for about a thousand years after that. This is what's implied by standard per capita GDP data, and Ian Morris argues this case at length in a book called The Measure of Civilization. I have key quotes in a footnote. That is, people had rising incomes in some meaningful sense. I found it hard to pin down exactly in what sense incomes were rising, but it appears that a lot of it came down to things like larger buildings, more sophisticated building materials, ornaments and tools, perhaps richer diets, though it naively looks to me like hunter-gatherer societies have higher meat consumption than most ancient Romans. And the author, Ian Morris, expresses some skepticism that food consumption was increasing or improving. I would guess that higher per capita incomes did in fact have some positive impact on quality of life, but a lot of the point of this post is to ask whether we can distinguish 
between a story where people were getting richer and more powerful, but not better off, and a story where people were getting better off. I think the last few hundred years look clearly like people are getting better off, but for the period I'm talking about now, this in-between period, it's very plausible that people were just getting richer and more powerful, but not better off. Next section, after the year 1300. 1300 is the earliest year I've seen on the x-axis of a chart using systematically collected historical data that seems clearly relevant to quality of life. And then I give a chart of homicide rates falling in Europe in a few countries starting in 1300. And around 1600, we have similar charts for the U.S., and I have some charts from Better Angels of Our Nature showing homicide rates going down in the U.S. starting around 1600. Now, I've argued previously that the starting homicide rates in these charts are not necessarily lower than before the Neolithic Revolution, but they seem to fall precipitously as soon as the charts begin. I'm guessing there is some common factor between recording homicides well enough that a chart like this is possible and taking measures to reduce homicides. And I consider this some sort of good sign about how culture was evolving, even if violent death rates didn't necessarily fall when large-scale atrocities like wars are included, which is a link to a previous post. I also note the 17th century saw a wave of torture bans, and I have a chart on that from Better Angels of Our Nature, just shows country after country banning torture. And then data on GDP, which is a measure of wealth, also shows an acceleration in the average person's income rising around this time. About 20% increase from the year 1000 to 1300, and about another 20% increase from 1300 to 1700. And that compares to no net growth between 500 BC and the year 1000, and under 15% growth for all of history before then. So with all these points in mind, I'd guess that this is also the period that saw most of whatever improvements in violent death rates, height as a proxy for hunger, and life expectancy happened before the Industrial Revolution. But that is, of course, just a guess. And so now I have a summary table that's just going to talk about what happened to each of my indicators of quality of life during this period between the rise of agriculture and the Industrial Revolution. So poverty, very unclear. It's perhaps best proxied by hunger and health throughout this period. Hunger. Improvement for the average person was likely small, if anything. No clear increase in height over this period. Then we have physical health. No signs of infant and child mortality improving over this period. Life expectancy likely improved at some point, probably after the year 1300. Then we have violence. Violent death rates look to have doubled or so with the transition to sedentary slash non-egalitarian societies, then came back down at some point, possibly after the year 1300. Homicides definitely seem to have been falling at least starting around 1300 in Europe, in the 1600s in the U.S., though the rise in wars and large-scale atrocities may have partly or fully counterbalanced this. There was a wave of torture bans starting in the 1700s, bans on torture, that is. Then we have mental health, we don't know what happened. Substance abuse and addiction probably got somewhat worse after agriculture. This is just a guess that alcohol and drugs were uncommon before it. It's unclear what happened after that. Then we have discrimination, probably got worse with the transition from non-egalitarian sedentary societies, or the transition to those, rather. And then it started improving, at least in Europe, after 1700. Then we have a lot of unknowns, treatment of children, time usage, self-assessed well-being, friendship and community, romantic relationship quality, job satisfaction, meaning and fulfillment, we just don't know. Uh, a couple more, freedom probably got worse with the agricultural revolution, otherwise mostly unclear. 
And then education and literacy have improved at least since the 1500s.